his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Michael Caputo is with us in studio now at News Radio 930 WBEN. Michael, uh, as far as uh, what's going on in your mind right now, vis-a-vis everything that has unfolded today, uh, you know, give us your general thoughts. If you were doing a monologue, what would it be? Well, you know, I, I'll just pick up where I left off when we were uh, talking a half hour ago. Um, I think what Mueller did today is a pivot toward impeachment. I really do. I think it's a in, in politics there is a rhyme and a rhythm to everything. It looks like. Uh, complete chaos at all times, but the, it's not. A lot of times, uh, there there is a, there's a lot of planning that goes on into in these things. It doesn't look like there's a lot, but when you look at the Kavanaugh thing, for example, all the crazy uh, protests and what people were doing and holding elevator doors open so senators couldn't move, it was completely and absolutely orchestrated and planned. Every move of it was. Every Every word screamed outside the Supreme Court was planned. And this is no different. This uh, uh, the the Mueller investigation, um, and and it's and his exit from it is orchestrated and planned, and I believe that all along the Mueller investigation was about getting the, Donald Trump delivering him up on a silver platter for impeachment. They thought they would find Russian collusion. In fact, I know because for, I mean I was caught up in it. I got interviewed. Um, friend of mine was interviewed five days before the the report was released five days before and asked probing questions about russian collusion so they believed up until the end that it was very possible they didn't get there but they got 11 instances of what they say is obstruction and that's their path to impeaching the president so today Mueller pivoted in that direction and i think the democrats are going to march forward resolutely to impeach the president our, our phone number is 803-0930, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBN. We'll go to the phones in just a little bit. Well, I mean, honestly, I, I, don't, uh, I don't disagree with anything of your analysis. I am going to tell you, though, that I think this is absolute political suicide, and the partisan in me says, bring the noise, pack your lunch, let's do this. Let's impeach him, let's make it seven days on primetime television, because you're going to do it during a general election, a presidential election, where you're going to have a trial in the Senate. What's going to happen in that trial in the Senate, Michael? We're going to find out what the cause of this investigation was. Now listen, there's not a person in this audience that if I went through your phone, your email, and your personal data, I could find out a whole lot about people. But in the United States of America, there has to be a reason, a cause, a purpose as to why the Justice Department goes in and rips apart people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you right now, this man, Robert Mueller, cannot just walk out, exit stage left. He's got to prove to us how honorable 
evil his people are. He has to prove to us how uh, independent and what integrity they, they have, because I want to know why he selected the people he did, why he didn't come out and tell us that Lisa Page and, and Peter Strzok, who the hell wouldn't know? For the people that, he's, that he brought on as attorneys, they worked with these guys during the Clinton investigation. You didn't know that Strzok and Page were A, having an affair, and B, that they were all setting up a cabal that they wanted to take out Donald Trump? Of course you knew that. I, I got to believe that the one thing on on uh, on Robert Mueller's mind right now is is that he really wants to ride into the sunset. He really wants that moment. He wants to ride into the sunset. I mean, he has that the big 10-gallon hat, and all we're seeing is a, a, a shadow that's getting smaller and smaller. I don't think he's going to get what he wants. I think that people are going to pull him out uh, to answer some questions because there are people on both sides that are not satisfied with with some of the things that he's done and he's going to have to he's going to have to talk to talk to folks it may be that he goes and testifies before the uh the house uh behind closed doors cuz he will not do it i don't think he will ever do it on tv he'll do it only behind closed doors and that uh that uh uh, a transcript can be released to the public. You'll get nothing more than that out of him. But that, David, is enough for people to ask questions like, why did you allow uh, the notorious Weissman, uh, his number two, to hire all the people uh, that were on your on your staff? And why? how did it so happen that, you know, what, 13 out of 18 U.S. attorney prosecutors, assistant U.S. attorneys, were all pro-Clinton? I'm, I'm telling you, I sat in front of them. Well, I, for a I good know, three and a half hours. I mean, I, I want to know what was the cause. What did you put in front of the FISA judge when you had Carter Page? You believe that this guy is an agent of the the Russian government, and yet you kept an informant in his life for all that time. Yeah. The idea of going to a FISA court is to find out what more is out there. What don't we know? You, he's he doesn't even know the guy's working for the FBI this entire time. Let me tell you something, uh, people. I mean, I discuss this at length on WBEN about what's happened to my family. Nobody here needs to be reminded of that if you've ever turned into WBEN <laughs> for a minute. But I can tell you, I, I mean, at the end of all of this, when they filed the report, there were those my, people like me and Carter Page and even George Papadopoulos, others who we came out of the jungle like like Japanese soldiers who are waiting for the end of the war with long beards and bedraggled uniforms, you know, hadn't showered in years, coming out, squinting at the sun. I never got a chance to ever meet Carter Page, but I did finally. I met him. I've talked to him many different times. I was, he and I have been to dinner a couple times. He's a really good fellow. He's a, a U.S. Naval Academy grad. And, by the way, his instructors at the Naval Academy called him one of the most intelligent young men they've ever educated. People say Carter Page looks like an oddball or whatever. I think Carter Page is a genius, frankly, now that I've met him and I understand him. And I've I tested him out a little bit. I mean, he is a genius, this guy. And he is absolutely right now pro se in three different lawsuits against different cho uh, choke points in this investigation. I think the, the worst nightmare some of these people have ever met, we're going to come to find out his name is Carter Page. How do you see that unfolding? Well, I mean, he is—he's uh, looking at publications that that, that that wronged him. There are individual journalists that wronged him. Uh, there are, uh, uh, you know, Fusion GPS itself uh, uh, completely misrepresented what he was doing overseas. 
Uh, and there is such a the biggest challenge for a guy like Carter Page, who let's be honest, the United States, his country failed him, failed him like just miserably failed him, and uh, and so he has a target rich environment now. All these people he could sue, and and Carter, he's he's he wants to do something bigger than just himself. He wants to catch these people out, and I'll tell you, our our attorneys are talking. There are those of us who've gotten to know each other like old Japanese soldiers coming out of the jungle. We're starting to get to know each other for the first time. And there's a lot of people who think a lot of strange stuff went on. You know, we've got uh, Joe here calling in from Orchard Park on WBEN. Sorry about the voice today, guys. Joe, Orchard Park, you're on with Bowerly, Bellavia, and Michael Caputo. Hey, I, love, I love the huge hypocrisy of uh, the lefties in the news media. They're doing cartwheels and somersaults because... Uh, Mueller didn't exonerate Trump, and he said that if he had the evidence that cleared Trump of criminal acts, he would have told us. And they think that's fantastic, even though uh, it's not one of the special counsel's duties to seek to exonerate people. Um, but in this case, they love it. So we need to get one thing straight here. William Barr is absolutely not President Trump's attorney, but apparently Robert Mueller is, and that's just fantastic. So. <laughs> I mean, it's just more and more hypocrisy. But uh, if you look at, uh, from the very beginning, I thought that Mueller, when he didn't make the decision on obstruction, I thought, uh, I thought he had two possible motives. I thought one motive was he was a straight shooter. He did not see obstruction. But the 19 angry Democrats on his team said, you absolutely have to find him guilty of obstruction. So he just left the decision out there. Or um, he was just mad about what, Said about the FBI and what, the, and that Trump said it was a witch hunt with the special counsel, and so he did it out of hatred. And I think we saw today that uh, that that's the reason he did it out of hatred. Um, <clears throat> but uh, one thing that's come up is uh, um, the whole thing about uh, uh, the OLC opinion and how it affected it, and that that what Barr said um, contradicts what uh, what Mueller said. And I think they're two completely different things. Because A.G. Barr, um, when, he, when he and Rosenstein found out while Mueller was writing the report that he wasn't going to be able to come to a decision on obstruction, they asked him three, three different times, would you have found evidence of guilt on the obstruction question if it were not for the OLC opinion? And all three times, Mueller said no. And he even stated in his report that a possible obstruction case would be a hodgepodge of complicated facts and law. So obviously he didn't have the evidence, even though that's what they're saying every second of the broadcast on CNN and MSNBC. That's the path to impeachment. You've you've seen it. You just came to the end of the break. To me, here's here's I think what Joe brings a point up that that I appreciate uh, the call because, uh, you know, this educated guy is a pretty smart guy. Here's the the thing, though, that I'm, I'm pointing to right now. If you didn't know that you were going to be able to prosecute a president, right? You, you, that is the scope that you had originally. What we're seeing is, is that Rod Rosenstein is really another victim of this entire thing because he is, is hearing what the results are from a FISA court. He's seeing all these things. No idea where the source material is. What, what the Mueller team did is, is intelligence laundering. 
okay? It, it, money laundering is where you take dirty money, you put it through good processes, and you get clean money through legitimate businesses. It's sourced in illegal activity. This intelligence was nonsense from the beginning. As much as we now know that the left had no idea that Trump was going to win president, here's one thing we're definitely sure of. They never thought we were going to get this far with this garbage. They never thought that we would be two years in still talking about unicorns and fairy tales. And now they're in a spot where if this goes to trial in the Senate, all of this is going to come out. What was your source? Why did you believe this to be the truth? Just because you put FBI templates on information that was garbage doesn't mean it's legitimate. You're going to, to, to a Daily Beast. You're going to John McCain. You're go- Every one of these things is conflicted. You can't go to a trial today and say, where did the information come? Well, one of my competitors in business, one of the people that hates me, my ex-spouse, and a girlfriend that I dumped at the altar. Those are the four sources that come up with all the information that say I'm a horrible person. That's all conflicted information. Now get to the bottom of why you did it. George Papadopoulos is given money, and it just so happens that on that day, you're contacting treasury attorneys to find out what happens when a guy brings in undeclared money in cash at the airport. That's that's supposed to be a, a legitimate connect the dots. You set up a guy with all the information we heard from George Papadopoulos came from what we now know is a CIA informant, not an FBI informant, but a CIA informant who now made sure that that happened on foreign soil so the CIA could be involved. And he's repeating a conversation that was told to him in a bar. We don't know any of the other witnesses, but we know they're embassy workers, a guy from Australia, another person. All these people hear this, ask him follow-on questions, and it just so happens that the Mueller team knows all of the questions that are being asked, all of the information, and that's what they went with George Papadopoulos with, what they went with you on. Again, Roger Stone says he's talking to WikiLeaks. Roger Stone could say whatever the hell he wants. What's the reason why Roger Stone is suspicious? Do you have any connection to Roger Stone and the Kremlin? Do you have any connection to, to Roger Stone and the Russian government? You are hearing Bowerly and Bellavia. Michael Caputo is with us in studio. And uh, we want to uh, follow up on what we're talking about prior to the uh, break on WBN, and that is the attempted setup, uh, David, of George Papadopoulos. Well, it just my point is, is that whether or not you find information, if a grand jury is summoned, if you have a Southern District of New York, whatever you're doing, there has to be a reason why you're doing this. Again, we heard about Russian interference in 2016. Has anyone investigated Russian interference in 2014, 2012? This is the former Soviet Union. This is what they do. And I got news for you. God bless America. It's what we do. We get involved in foreign elections all the time. Your last president, Barack Obama, spent $250,000 trying to unelect the sitting prime minister of Israel. This happens. So we investigate that Russia got involved. Now, were any uh, votes turned over? Were there hacking into any of the electoral college? Was there $130,000 of Facebook ads? You know what I call that? I call that uh, monster energy drink. That's not a presidential investment. If I told you I wanted to run for President Michael with $130,000 worth of Facebook ads, <laughs> you're not even going to get New York 27 with that. No, you're not. You're, you're actually, I mean, the accusation is that they were smart enough and targeted this money and did something that, you know, as it turns out, we're not seeing any trace of that. But even if they did, if you wanted to flip Wisconsin toward Trump, uh, on just 
in a coordinated buy with television and radio, uh, you'd have to spend more than one hundred thirty thousand dollars on on Facebook. So we just we have, for a, a small state. We've had three years since twenty sixteen, and all these disaffected union Democrats that voted for Trump. They're still supporting Trump. Mm-hmm. You want me to believe that it was WikiLeaks that made them not vote for Hillary? Of course Clinton? not. And it, what did we learn from WikiLeaks? We learned everything that we knew all along. That WikiLeaks didn't change the mind of pro-Hillary people. The people that it disaffected were Bernie Sanders people because it turned out the DNC was doing some nasty stuff to Bernie Sanders. But here's my question to you. When I look at all of this, why doesn't Robert Mueller mention that the Russians started Black Lives Matter groups? Why doesn't Robert Mueller mention that, that the Russians also had, uh, you know, pro-transgender organizations, pro-Colin Kaepernick, anti-cop, anti-gun, pro-gun? They were across the board trying to divide the United States. How about even just talking about the, the dossier? I mean, the, the report really doesn't get into the dossier. And, and I, I, here's the thing. I know because I was on one page of this my whole Life story is summed up on page 61 of the Mueller report and the first part about Russian collusion. And uh, uh, I can tell you about the instances in my page, but this this report is shot through with um, with omissions and innuendo shot through with it. I mean, for everybody from myself as a marginal witness in this to J.D. Gordon, who for a time was a subject of the investigation. Uh, who spent you know some nigh on forty hours in front of investigators? I mean, this report, the the clever way they left out things and and suggested other things, it, it's an absolutely unreliable final report. I, I have to tell you from my perspective that they did their worst. The the Mueller investigators did their worst. Gentlemen, the, we need to break. Uh, sorry about that. On uh, News Radio 930 WBN, coming up on 456. And uh, we'll continue with uh, Bellavia, Bowerly, and uh, Michael Caputo on News Radio 930. News Radio 930 WBN. It's Tom Bowerly and David Bellavia. It's Bowerly and Bellavia on News Radio 930 WBN. Actually, it's more like BBC, Bowerly, Bellavia, Caputo. That would be one definition. The uh, Let's get back to uh, Joe in Orchard Park on the show. Joe, welcome back. Thanks for holding, and you had a follow-up point. Yeah, one thing I wanted to point out, why uh, the Mueller using the OLC opinion as a crutch is complete horse noodles, and I'm sure A.G. Barr will point this out. If you think back, uh, even uh, Democrat attorneys on CNN and MSNBC could not they, they could not explain why he did not come to a decision on obstruction. And the reason for that is um, the special counsel's report is not a charging document. It is a DOJ confidential internal report. So with him using you can't charge a president, you're not charging a president. You're compiling a confidential report that's used internally at the DOJ that belongs to the DOJ. So that whole OLC opinion thing is complete hogwash. And even if there was evidence of obstruction, there, there are at least four instances report where people are said to have assisted President Trump in trying to obstruct justice. Okay, they're not the president. If they, if they attempted to help obstruct justice, they would have been prosecuted and they'd already be in jail. But the, the truth of the matter is they won't ever be prosecuted because there was no obstruction. All right. I mean, I, well, I, I actually, 
it's true. Uh, I've, I've heard this, you know, I work with a lot of attorneys. I've been around a lot of attorneys recently. And uh, uh, just about every attorney I've spoken to that has experience as a federal prosecutor uh, told, you know, basically tells me that it is not the special counsel's job uh, to determine whether or not someone is exonerated. It's an overstep of the, of the mission to begin with. And the idea that not only did uh, uh, did the word exoneration get used by Barr in some of his summaries before the report was put out there, uh, it, you know, the idea as to whether or not you could you could you would exonerate made it into the report quite a bit. And then now, in the in the follow-on to the report, it made it into uh, Mueller's statements as well. Even though at no point in any of these interactions with the public should the word "exonerated" ever been used at all. From and and, but now it's in the it, it's in the bloodstream. That's what this is all about. That's why they got so upset when uh, when Barr went out with his summary of the principal findings of the report, not a summary of the report. And that was allowed, like cement, to dry for upwards of 14, 15 days until the Mueller report was actually released. And the fact of the matter is that the 14, 15-day period was extremely important to the president winning this argument because, in fact, that cement did dry. And Barr's summary of the principal findings stuck. And now, I believe, in some ways... Uh, we, we noticed from a letter that Mueller wrote to Barr that he didn't like the media coverage that was coming out of the report. And, the, and, and, and that was all a hue and cry in the media that day. But by not, uh, not appreciating what the media was saying about the report, I believe Mueller probably made a decision to come out again here at the end and say goodbye before he rode off into the sunset and then left very clearly – you know, I would say he left breadcrumbs through the report for Democrats to find a way to impeach the president. Breadcrumb trail to to impeachment. When it looked like the Democrats were not following that breadcrumb trail, Robert Mueller today went and set a flashlight down next to every single breadcrumb just in case they missed it. Now there is an unmistakable corridor to impeachment. The Democrats of the House will not be able to resist it. And that's what's next. Let's get back to the calls. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Guy who's never called the program before, it is Kevin in Pendleton. You are on Bowerly, Bellavia, and Caputo. Sounds like a law firm. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? Hey, um, Tom, David, you know, um, Mike, um, you know, unless, um, let's be realistic here. As far as the 2020, 2020 re-election of Donald Trump, you know, is concerned as far as most folks are looking at it. Um, after holding the House and the Senate, the Republicans, and we haven't seen any convictions of the real collusion players within the Democratic Party, the Clinton campaign, the Obama administration, and yes, even Hillary Clinton herself. Um, look, Mike, I know you yourself stated Hillary Clinton will never be convicted, but you tell that to the millions of voters across America who voted for the first time for Donald Trump, including those who didn't vote for years and came out and voted for Trump, right? They are becoming very much turned off and disillusioned. And unless between now and November 2020, we see indictments and successful convictions of traitors to the Republic and to the American people, you could forget about it. And by the way, as far as New York's impact or influence on President Trump's successful re-election 
in 2020, let's be honest with the folks in Western New York and upstate New York voters and tell them the truth that it will really have no effect because Donald Trump will never win New York State once we have the political cancer known as New York City tied around like a noose on our necks up here. So let's focus on the real races like the you know congressional New York State, New York Assembly and county races which have a more direct impact on every man, woman, and child's life in this state. So whoever sits in the Oval Office really doesn't have a direct impact, you know, as the other public servants in those offices. And by the way, as I close here, on a personal note, as far as New York 27th is concerned, Michael Caputo or David Bellavere, you have my support, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Uh, what if they run against each other? All right, thanks very much. Appreciate your call, Kevin. Uh do you still believe that Hillary Clinton will never be convicted of anything, Michael? Well, I'll tell you. Yes, I still believe that, in short. I do believe what, what, he, what Kevin is saying, that if nobody is in trouble for any of this, uh, that it will impact President Trump uh, uh, negatively. He's absolutely right about that. If we don't see some very serious um, investigation and charges being brought, or at least the potential of charges to be brought before the 2020 election, uh, if we don't see some of this investigation of the investigators turning into charges of some of the people who conspired, I, I think we'll, it will, the president will lose a lot of the enthusiasm of some of his base. I'll tell you what, I'll lose enthusiasm myself because so much has gone wrong. And there's so many, you know, the idea that the president of the United States weaponized his national security team to spy upon the presidential candidate uh, of the opposite party, that's the biggest scandal of the presidency in modern times. And if nobody is punished for that, there is no rule of law. We have no justice system. It does not exist. And uh, and I would see a, a great deal, a, a, a good number of the president's supporters losing a lot of steam. Let's get back to the calls. It's Sean in Orchard Park. Uh, one line open at 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Sean, you're on with Bowerly, Bellavia, Caputo. Yeah, I had one comment and one question. Uh, the comment I have is that Mueller, like all human beings, has an ego, and he wants to justify the fact that he spent nearly $40 million of taxpayers' money on this investigation so rather than come up with just one page that said that President Trump was exonerated or there were no crimes, he needs to somehow make it as if there is something there. And he did a lot of work and, you know, we investigated all these avenues and, and he kind of leaves the door open for, you know, maybe there was more to it than, than he initially thought. Uh, so I think that that's a big part of why uh, he came out with this speech today. Well, I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I think you're absolutely right. The remember, this is the the probably the closing public act of the man we know as Robert Mueller. This is it, and it's it's the it's his legacy. So no doubt, uh, he wanted to have the last word. But like David and I discussed earlier, this is no way going to be his last word. It's just not possible. He was a, a principal actor in, in the biggest tragic comedy in modern American presidential history. Uh, he's not going to be able to dictate wh who, whether he has the last word. And the other thing, too, is that I don't know what this does for the future of the special uh, counsel. 
I mean, honestly, if if we're going to if we're going to to state once and for all that it is you know standard that uh, the precedent is that no president can ever be indicted while they're in office, are we now going to hold on to charges and wait for these presidents to get out of office? Is that what we're going to do? Do we find out now that Fast and Furious was an impeachable offense? And now we go back and revisit Fast and Furious and realize that the President of the United States authorized, you know, munitions and weapon grade artillery to be sent over to Mexico to kill American Border Patrol or American citizens or Mexican nationals. I mean, what point does this become a tin horn dictatorship where we're a third world country that we have an election and that we hold on to our animosity and try to punitively damage a man or a woman who used to hold the office of our opposite party? I, I think we've been a tin horn dictatorship for quite some time. I think we officially became one on July 31st, 2016, when they named the preliminary investigation uh, Crossfire Hurricane. When we crossed that Rubicon, we became a banana republic. Well, we became uh, Russia. You know, all this talk uh, you know, about spying and surveillance and everything else, it is a generally accepted fact, Michael Caputo, that the FBI has been weaponized, it has been uh, politicized, and there are factions within the FBI, and it basically has become a largely left-wing organization with factions of what I call patriots in the right. Is it too much of an extrapolation to say, well, if it's happened to FBI, it has also certainly happened at NSA, it has certainly happened at CIA, and all of the other alphabet soup security agencies that we have in this country. And when you talk about us being a tin horn uh, dictatorship and crossing the Rubicon and uh, crossfire hurricane, you know, my mind is drawn to the idea that there is an internal civil war going on within those agencies and within all of uh, American power. It's true. And, and I'll tell you, uh, People say, how can, like, for example, right now we see people who are skeptics of the fact that, you know, now we're saying the investigation, let's look at the investigators. Um, and people are saying, no, this investigation was, was true and sound and it was worth doing, et cetera. We want to know the predicate of this investigation. And p the Democrats and the people in the Never Trumpers who say, you know, there's no need for this. Don't look the other way. Nothing to see here. Uh, we, we just have to look at history. And if you remember the 1970s, if you're old enough, like I am and Tom, I'm David, I don't think you are, but uh, we, we had what we called the church committee. When it was oh, discovered yeah. that the CIA was, was killing, was assassinating world leaders uh, you know, extra-legally around the world, um, at the same time, the FBI was busted. They were supposed to only be looking to the, at the outside of our envelopes. They were opening mail, steaming it open, reading it, and putting it back in complete violation of the law. Uh, that's what we discovered. We had an, an agency we didn't even know we had called the National Security Agency. It was the first time it was really brought out into the public eye. And there was so much politicization of those alphabet soup agencies, including the IRS. Oh, yes. Uh, that the, it, it took the, the church committee 14 months of hearings and then a report and then recommendations. And after that, for decades, for a generation— if I had friends of mine who joined the CIA in the 80s after the 1976 um, uh, you know, result of the church committee where hundreds of CIA agents were fired, dozens and dozens of FBI agents were fired, uh, NSA, IRS, it was just a rout. And for a, for a generation after that, friends of mine who were in the CIA at the time said, old timers would say, if you want 
to have a career here, stay out of politics. If anybody mentioned a candidate or something like that, an old timer would say, keep your politics to yourself. I got a buddy of mine. He was 22 years in, blah, blah, blah. And it was a legend that if you wanted a career in the CIA, you stayed out of politics. All those old timers are gone, right? Same with the NSA, the, 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 the IRS, and the CIA. All four were completely reformed by uh, – there was the Church Committee and the Senate, the Pike Committee in the House, and the Eisenhower Commission in the Presidential Administration completely reformed our, our national security agencies. Anybody who tells you that you're not patriotic if you criticize these agencies doesn't have a view on history – or patriotism. Now, from my perspective, we are in need of another church committee, a Pike committee, an Eisenhower commission. I think that's where we are right now with uh, with uh, U.S. Attorney Dunham, uh, Durham out of uh, out of Connecticut, and I'm hopeful. Uh, but right now, the reform is so it's our agencies are crying out for reform. And don't forget one thing I want to say: there are two heroes in this. Before I go, two heroes. Number one. Admiral Mike Rogers, who ran the NSA, who discovered that the Obama White House had had jacked up their their queries of the NSA database by ten by by a thousand percent. They had jacked them there, and they were searching words like Paul Manafort and Donald Trump. That's all going to come out. Mike Rogers called that out, much to the chagrin of the Obama administration, Obama White House. Additionally, I think we're going to find out that Rudy Giuliani is the hero of this investigation because of the way he was able to negotiate with the Mueller team and keep the, fre- the president from being interviewed. By just that expertise and negotiations alone, he probably saved this presidency. I think he saved my family. Uh, Rudy Giuliani is a true hero of, of the presidency. All right, Michael Caputo, thanks very much for joining us in studio, and we'll look for you on Tucker Carlson tonight. That's right. I'll be on about 8.30, Tucker Carlson. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.